Well, welcome back to Teaching with the Body and Mind. I'm Mike, and I'm here with Tom. Hi, Mike. And Joey. Hello. And Becky. Hi. So Becky is here again because Ross is off in, I don't know if he's in Korea still or in uh, up no, north. He's, he's in the Northwoods. Okay, he's yeah, up in the Northwoods. So today, I've been looking over my old videos. I'm retired, and I have lots of videos. And, and lots of time. And <laughs> I actually, I don't have as much time as I okay. thought I would have. And I came across a couple of videos that, that raised a question for me about what happens in the classroom and specifically about what happens in big body play. I was looking at how things emerge spontaneously in the classroom. And why do they emerge spontaneously in the classroom? And how is there space for that? And I'm specifically talking about big body play. Mm -hmm. And in this instance, I'm talking about ball play. I always had balls in my classroom. Why did I do that? I did that because I thought kids needed to throw things. Mm -hmm. And if <laughs> I didn't want them to throw blocks, but I didn't want it totally cut out throwing things. Right. So I always had balls. I had this little garbage can of different size balls. They were all soft. Yeah. So if for some reason it hit another child, it wouldn't hurt or wouldn't really do any damage. Right. So I'm looking at one of the videos, and it's this boy who's decided he wants to throw. It's a yarn ball. It's a big. It almost looks like a big snowball. Nice. It's really a nice ball. <laughs> you missed that ball. <laughs> oh, it was great. Um, and he, he, his challenge for himself was to throw the ball between the light and the ceiling. Right, so, right, right. So, so he actually Remember created now, his yeah. own goal. Yep. And the, the ceilings were pretty high in my classroom, so he, he would throw it up. He worked at it very hard until it finally went right through. Right, because you either not get it high enough, or you'd hit the ceiling and it bounce right back down. Right, exactly. Yeah. And on the, the when he did it on the way down, it hit a little girl. But again, it's a, it was a soft yarn ball, and both of them just kept on playing. And I'm thinking, where does this child come up with this, this game? Right. Because it's basically a game. And you'll see kids do that a lot, where they'll just have. A ball or, or something and they'll they want to do something like they'll come up with rules or right so there's I mean I in my classroom I always had a large muscle area and but the large muscle was it was never totally contained in the large muscle area and this is a case in point because the ball ended up hitting the little girl who was in them at the manipulative table right so how does that emerge, and is there room for that in the classroom? But isn't that isn't that just sort of the very definition of play? Is that it's sort of this like very goal oriented, but not purposeful? I mean, it's it's like any play, right? They're they're equally as serious about deciding their roles in dramatic play, and no, we're not going to the store. We're gonna cook dinner first, and then the babies have to go to bed or whatever it might be. I mean, it's that same. I mean, it's all it's all pretend, but it's they're so serious about it. But that's that's play. I mean, you're just describing play, right? He wants to get this ball over the light, it, and it's a real goal, and he's taking it seriously. But there's absolutely zero reason why he needs to get the ball over the light in a practical sense. But the difference is that usually with pretend play, it's not like they go over and say, 
you're now in the family too to some kid who's not playing but with the ball it landed on somebody who was not playing but they might run past somebody when yeah, the robbers are true. in the market yeah, I, or they you know or tell them they can't no we're cooking you can't come in i mean so right, that's no true. there's tons of incidental contact in, in incidental that. contact i like that <laughs> <laughs> i didn't even see i watched this video tom i didn't even see that the girl got hit well, it, it, it's because of the camera angle. Oh, when I okay. Get, you have to look and see the trajectory right. of the ball. What I noticed when I watched it, it's just like an eight-second video, right. literally, was that nobody else is even paying attention. I mean, clearly the teacher is, you know, because you're shooting the, the little video clip of it. But, like, I'm looking. I'm, I'm not really even watching the boy who's throwing the ball. I'm watching the other people in the room, and they're just busy going about whatever it is that they're doing. And it's not like a – it's not a thing. So you created space where that's – yeah. Acceptable, and all the other kids are okay with it too, and other kids might engage in it at times. Well, and I didn't know it was a yarn ball, so I had to watch this little eight second video. I didn't know what kind of ball it was, but it didn't look like yarn, and I just thought, what are his lights covered with that he's not worried that a light will break? Because, you know, I don't <laughs> know true. what the light bulb is covered with, and I, I think mm-hmm. shattered fluorescent bulb is a legitimate concern. Mm-hmm. So, depending if you saw something different, I imagine you would have stopped him. Yes. We have these ridiculously high light fixtures at my school, and they're open. They're like a open shape. I don't know. Sorry. doesn't matter. Um, and uh, so when the workers have to go up to change light bulbs, they, they, always, find they always find things in the fixtures. <laughs> well, because that's true. It's, it's, like there's this, it's almost like a basketball net. Like They yep. just want to in get something classroom, in it. In my classroom, we always had these star-shaped pillows, and we just called them throwing stars. And they're up in the lights. And it's the transport. You know, it they, is. Mm-hmm. And they find the hole. There's the hole, but yep. I can't reach it. Mm-hmm. But so if I, I have throw, throw this thing, uh-huh. I can still get it in that hole. Mm-hmm. Well, and going over the light and under the ceiling is another hole. Yeah. Can I get something through right. that and space? Because, because the lights are hanging from these strands. Yeah. Right. So it's actually between the strands and the ceiling right, so it's, and it's the like light. a big rectangle. Yeah. So it's yeah. like a big rectangle that the yeah. that so it's this really child was setting up a throw. challenge because if it was just throw it up and have it land back on the ground, that would be really boring. Right. And if it was a challenge of getting it into a hole that's you know, like a basketball net size thing that height, that would be boring because he would wouldn't be successful. Well, but they, this is like one where I'm sure like he threw it, it got a little closer. You know, he could see. Well, isn't it interesting that the kid's paying attention to the ceiling? And when's the last time you walked yeah, right. in a room and like How would looked you up notice and thought about, oh, right. I wonder if there's like a hole there or, I mean. like So maybe like, he did throw it up the up. first time and watched it go up and then thought, oh. Yeah. Well, it's a challenge that you can achieve, right? For this right. kid. Like he could do it. Whereas when I worked with toddlers, our ball game was we would try to hit the ceiling. Like oh, that yeah. was just to hit it. Yeah. Just that alone was challenging enough to be really exciting. Yeah. How high can you get it? And the ceiling is like the maximum in that space. Could they do it? Some of them could, and it was always very exciting. And then would they do it over and over and over? Over and over and over. And then we would we kind of worked towards the light thing, so our yeah. balls were all, all also always stuck up in the lights. But you worked towards like, <laughs> like getting it through over the light. Did you did you always have the balls out for the for the? Yeah, I always there? had um, the kind of balls that are like sponge covered with like swimsuit material that they sell yeah. for pools. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, because you have choice. to have something to throw for toddlers. And they can chew those pretty, like, you know, some of the foam-type balls, it's yeah, like come the foam off comes and off chew and you chew them. They're washable. Those are like nylon with nubbies on them and, you know, that are easy to Oh, yeah, to those hold. too, those yeah. Are, if you kind of let those deflate a little bit, they don't hurt that much. But the mm-hmm. ones you're describing, the pool balls, that's a good choice. For it. Yeah, and then at the, right before you left that center, they got recessed lighting in there so that... You can play no... that game anymore. 
You can still throw it at the ceiling. Yeah, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> so the, the, the point is that the kid, it seems to me that children need to be able to do that when they feel the need to do it. Right. And how do we set up that space? And how do we, how do we learn to trust and even respect the kid's need to do that? Mm -hmm. You know, because so often it's like, oh no, we don't throw balls now because it's not, we're not in the gym. Right. Or we're not outside. Uh, so you did a few things that set it up, set it up for success. You had soft balls. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You have your guidelines or rules about not hurting people, things, uh, things or yourself. Or yourself. That kind of covers a lot. That allows a lot of things to happen. Mm -hmm. Like cuz they're not going to throw the blocks up because if they throw the blocks then then I step in. Right. I mean it's like no, I'm Sorry, we can't throw blocks. So, but look at I've got these great balls we can throw. Yeah. Um, so w one video you did not see that I didn't send you is, again, this ball game. And one child situated themselves in housekeeping. The other child was in the large muscle. And they were throwing the balls across. It was all the way across the classroom. All the way across the block area. I, I like to think of it as my commons because it yeah. was not only blocks. It was lots of things happened there. Mm -hmm. But these two kids were throwing it back and forth, these balls back and forth over all these other kids playing. Right. And I, you know, you, you have to make a decision at some point. Is this okay? Right. So I have a, I have a question, um, sort of like a practical question, because we have um, lofts in our classroom, and it's, of course, enticing to throw things off of the loft. Um, typically, we don't have a lot of balls inside our classrooms. Maybe that would be, But it's, I think people worry, and I've seen kids not being able to parse out the rules. So like, okay, well, if you drop a stuffed animal off the loft, probably no big deal. Right. But then that game becomes so fun, and pretty soon you're dropping cups and dishes and, and even blocks like some kids yeah, and they can't right. differentiate I guess is what the word I was looking for and so those of you who've had balls is it like oh you can only we only throw balls or I mean obviously maybe well, everything's different I but like, I think it's actually help. hard to differentiate yeah. what is and isn't okay when you see somebody throwing something that looks fun and then you're gonna throw something because it looks fun right so for what I would do because my guideline was uh, we take care of each other but it's similar to Tom's so the idea was if I see kids starting to throw something, just say, so if that bumps someone, would it hurt them? Because remember, we take care of each other. And then let them kind of figure it out. If I have but my aim a child... Is, but my aim is so good, I won't hit anybody. Right. And then, then you it, might break the thing. Well, I usually, I usually not... say, <laughs> well, but what if they move? Oh, you, you know, so I, I will still give them that, like, you know, yes, you are, you can throw so well... But if somebody moves and doesn't notice your throwing, they still might get hit with it. Is it going to be okay? Again, there's always going to be the child who can't differentiate right. that, or especially a younger toddlers? child. Could is... they? Could your toddlers? Um, or did they just start? Or did they just throw things anyway? And so then it'd be like, oh, if you're throwing, here's a ball. I guess it would be more that. Like yeah. there was just yeah. things that you could throw, but we would sometimes, you know, play a game that involved throwing like stuffed animals or yeah. other things. Yeah. And we had the same guidelines that Mike's room had about. We take care of each other, so it all comes back to safety. Mm -hmm. um, and I think even and toddlers can figure that out. <laughs> yes, true safety, and toddlers can figure that out with support, like someone to articulate uh -huh. it, uh -huh. because they've all been hit with something hard and it hurts, and they don't like it. No, no, it makes sense. Yeah. I just, you know, I see that. Like, right, I see, yeah. I see. But what what struggle what, with this one particular mm -hmm. thing of the loft? And so yeah. it's pretty universal. You don't drop anything off the loft because we're always worried about the one I who doesn't know. I used to do that. 
and then I just started always reiterating that one. Mm-hmm. And then I found the other kids would help. I don't want to say police that, but I guess that right. the word where they're like, it. no, that yeah, echo it. Like, echo no, that's too hard. You can't drop that. Mm-hmm. And the kid would, you know, and they'd even point to the, we take care of each other. Oh, okay. And so it did mm-hmm. become, and I had older preschoolers, so I really could, I didn't have to say it very often. Right. A few times a year. I'm sure with the toddlers, it might be more of a conversation, but at the same time, you had toys that were harder. Yeah, absolutely. Or now I work with preschoolers in an inclusive classroom where um, some of the kids have special needs. And so often people don't want to have like any fragile items or anything that is potentially dangerous or risky because they don't think that all the students can like differentiate. Like they might, we can't have balls to throw because then they might try to throw a block. Whereas I think it's important to give kids opportunities to figure that out. And obviously we know our students, we know which students might need support in which situations so we can be there to provide mm-hmm. it. But I think rather than giving them no opportunities to right. learn, if anything, this, they need more. Yeah, this gets into, you're not going to teach self-regulation by never letting kids regulate themselves. Regulate themselves. Good. That was a few episodes ago. <laughs> so so it, it, let me just kind of wrap it up. Thinking about teachers are always making decisions, and mm-hmm. they always have to make decisions. If they're not making decisions, they're... They're not taking responsibility. They might say, "Oh, it's a rule," but right. they're not. But the rule kind of absolves them of making decisions right. in the moment all the time. And I'd say those decisions are sometimes based on asking questions. Because when I watch your video, completely not set up, you just sent it along to us to to take a look. Oh, well, what are the other kids doing? Does anyone seem bothered or upset by this? Right. I'm looking around the room, asking myself questions about how do I decide if this is or isn't something that would be an okay thing to do. Right. And Mike was so adroit when he said, when I said, um, oh, but I can throw so well. And then, well, what happens if somebody moves? You have to, as a, as a good teacher, you have to be able to to be adroit. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and be able to move and shift with your with your kids. And like Becky said, know your kids. Know yeah. your kids. Yeah. yeah. So... Thank you very much. Interesting. Yeah, this yeah. is great. Yeah. Spontaneity, spontaneity we should come back to because it's yeah. interesting. Yeah, I didn't, I, I, I didn't even get to my questions. Well, I just, yeah. Yeah, time for questions. Physicality is spontaneous. You find out you can do something and you're like, well, damn, I should do that again. Yeah. Right. And you that's know? something that's really, really, really hard for a lot of teachers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll, we'll come back to that one. I want to make sure we thank Becky for coming. Yeah, thanks for coming, Becky. Perhaps that's you can great. come next week as well. Thanks for having me. And thanks, Tom, for the discussion. Talk to you all next time. Thank you for listening to Teaching with the Body and Bond. We'll be back again next week with another episode. Music is by Big Wheel Popcorn.